All right, Psalm chapter 119, as we continue through uh, Psalm, we're in the 20th section here, verses 153 uh, through 160, and I don't know if you all remember, but back in March, we talked about affliction a little bit uh, earlier in this Psalm, and so this morning, we kind of revisit some of those thoughts. Uh, We have a little different emphasis for the lesson this morning, but once again, we're talking about affliction in the Word. Uh, It's verses 153 through 160. And so last week, if you remember, we talked about personal revival uh, and the psalmist's prayer for revival. And that theme really kind of carries into this next section here. Uh, But it adds the idea or the thought of affliction or problems uh, that he's facing. And three times the psalmist in this passage asks the Lord to revive or to quicken him. Uh, Three times in just these eight verses. And so this morning, how do we handle affliction when it comes? How do we handle it? Uh, What are the first thoughts that often come to our mind when we think of affliction? Uh, For most of us, for all of us, probably, uh, we want it to be over. And so we, hey, we cry out for deliverance. And so that's what we see this morning uh, in this psalm. And and, uh, so let's read verses 153 through 160. We'll have a quick word of prayer, and then we'll get into this. And it says, Consider mine affliction and deliver me, for I do not forget thy law. Plead my cause and deliver me. Quicken me according to thy word. Salvation is far from the wicked, for they seek not thy statutes. Great are thy tender mercies, O Lord. Quicken me according to thy judgments. Many are my persecutors and mine enemies, yet do I not decline from thy testimonies. I beheld the transgressors and was grieved, because they kept not thy word. Consider how I love thy precepts. Quicken me, O Lord, according to to thy loving kindness. Thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. Father, we do thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to gather together here this morning, and we just pray, Lord, for your blessing upon the Sunday school hour. We ask that you be with each teacher, Lord, throughout the facility this morning, that you just fill with your spirit. I pray, Lord, that the students would be attentive to your word, and Lord, that they would be responsive, Lord, that folks would Make application of the Word of God to their lives. And Lord, that you draw each one near to you. Now we ask, Father, that you bless your Word this morning. Help us to be attentive to what you have for us and that you do work in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Sorry for that prayer meeting. I just felt the need to pray. Uh, just felt right. So, uh, so in today's section of the psalm, we uh, kind of get the heart of the psalmist as he pleads with God for deliverance. Uh, He says, consider mine affliction and deliver me. Uh, Lord, I've got some things going on. Uh, And listen, oftentimes the things that go on in our lives are beyond our control. And so what what should we do, what ought we do, is to go to God and say, Lord, I need you to deliver me. And as we'll look at here in this lesson, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but the psalmist can say that confidently knowing that he's kept the law, knowing that he's kept God's word. He can go boldly to his God, knowing that he has been faithful to keep the word of God. And so, uh, what a blessing. And, and so, he, he prays for deliverance and really a strengthening and revival, if you will. Uh, he sees the transgressors. We'll look at that here momentarily. But earlier in this psalm, as I made mention, back in March, I don't know if you folks remember, but back in March, uh, middle of March time frame, we, we talked about afflicted steps. And the psalmist uh, was talking about affliction in the earlier verses of this uh, chapter. And 
Uh, here in verse, if you want to look at it, verse 67, it says, Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now have I kept thy word. And then verse 71 says this, It is good for me that I have been afflicted. That's a hard thing to say, right? It's good for me that I've been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. And then in verse 75, it says, I know, O Lord, that thy judgments are right, and that thou in faithfulness hath afflicted me. Uh, Is that our honest testimony this morning? Can we say that we're thankful that God has brought trials or affliction in our life? Uh, the psalmist, I mean, uh, those are hard things to say, if, if we're being honest. And so, but the psalmist reflects back in these verses, in, in verses 67, 71, and 75, and he understands that God was doing those things for his good. And he really believed that. Um, I, he wouldn't have penned these words under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit if, if it weren't true, I don't believe. And so uh, he says, those things that God allowed in my life were good for me. It drew him to the word. It says, but now have I kept thy word in verse 67. In verse 71, it says that I might learn thy statutes. These things that came in my life thrust me into God's word. And now I have a greater understanding of my God and his word because of the affliction that it brought. Have you ever been there? Uh, Facing a trial. uh, Facing a surgery. Uh, whatever the circumstance might be, and, and uh, where do you go? To the Word, to find comfort and peace, and, and, and just a, maybe a little something from God to comfort your heart. And uh, we can get more acquainted, or better acquainted with God's Word. And, and, and look what it says in verse 75, And that thou in faithfulness hath afflicted me. In God's faithfulness, he afflicted him. He allowed these difficult things. And, and so in those verses, the psalmist really recognized then that the affliction or the trials uh, were his benefit. He benefited from those things. And he thanked his God for those. And now, however, in verse 153, we see, consider mine affliction and deliver me. He now is asking for deliverance. Uh, if you remember back in March, I made note that we didn't see the psalmist asking God to deliver him from the affliction at that time. He was understanding that God was doing a work in his life, but now here we are today, and he's saying, Lord, I need deliverance. I need your help. I'm at the point where maybe I can't handle it anymore. Uh, not necessarily, he wasn't handling it on his own before, but he's really at a breaking point that he just feels like he can't take it anymore. And uh, maybe he doesn't, maybe sometimes because we don't see what God's doing, we want to be delivered. Because we're impatient. If sometimes when you understand that God's working, and and uh, reality is we know He's always working, but if we can see it, it's a little easier to endure. Uh, but perhaps maybe at this time He's not really understanding what God's doing, and so He's saying, "Lord, I need Your deliverance. Deliver me." And so He it, it drew Him to uh, what the affliction does here to Him. It made Him more thoughtful in prayer. Verse one fifty three. Consider mine affliction and deliver me, for I do not thy, or forget thy law. Plead my cause and deliver me. Quicken me according to thy, or according to, <clears throat> excuse me, thy word. And he's delivered me according to thy word. And so uh, he asked the Lord to consider his situation. I think it's important to know, it says, for in verse, the latter part of verse 153, it says, for I do not forget thy law. As I made mention, he can go to the Lord in confidence knowing that he's right. 
we can, if you remember when we talked about affliction before, sometimes we can bring trials in our life. Uh, other times they're of none of our doing. Uh, it's not our fault, if you will, if you want to put it that way. Um, and, but the psalmist here knows that he's doing right. He hasn't forgotten the law of God. He's living according to the word of God. Uh, and he invites God's intervention. Plead my cause, he says. Uh, the psalmist didn't necessarily have the same understanding that we do today. Um, and I'm going to just give you a reminder of a few things and, and some things that ought to give you confidence in, in, in how God's working in your life. But he appealed to God for a hearing. He says, plead my cause. Uh, listen, we know that we have an advocate with the Father. Uh, we understand that today. Uh, but the psalmist, no doubt, knew he could appeal to his God. 1 Timothy 2.5 says this, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Uh, when we talk about going before our God and, and pleading our case, we can plead the blood. Uh, what a blessed thing to know that in 1 John uh, chapter 2 and verse 1, My little children, these things I write unto you, that ye sin not, and if any man has sinned, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Uh, he remembers, uh, no doubt, you, if you want to turn to Psalm 37, you can, but the psalmist, no doubt, knew these teaching in Psalms 37 and verse 40. Uh, he remembers the words uh, uh, of the Lord and, and the promises of deliverance. Psalm 37, 40 says this, And the Lord shall keep them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in Him. So he might not have understood everything that we have in Christ as an advocate, but he definitely knew God showed up on behalf of His people every time. And so he, he was, because of the infliction, uh, it made him more thoughtful perhaps in prayer. I know sometimes when we have challenges in my life and in our family's life, our prayer gets a little more personal, a little more specific. Uh, listen, we can, we can be very careful not to become uh, vain in our repetitions, in our prayers. Uh, like the, the Pharisees, if you will, or, or those that were warned against in the, in the Gospels, where they just kind of repeat things for repeating them's sake. Is really not accomplishing much. And so the afflictions here, I believe, caused the psalmist to uh, be a little more thoughtful in his prayer, uh, more thankful perhaps in his prayer. Look at verse 155. Salvation is far from the wicked, for they seek not thy statutes. And so again, as we've looked over the last several weeks, we see a contrast between the wicked and the righteous. Uh, the, listen, the lost don't have the advocate. Uh, those without God, those without Christ, uh, the people, those that aren't the people of God do not have an advocate. Uh, they don't have anyone to plead their cause. And so verse 155, it says salvation is far from the wicked. It's from there. And, and listen, there are times that salvation is near. Uh, when the Holy Spirit is at work and God warns us uh, <clears throat> and, and calls us uh, while He is near. I'll remind you of Isaiah 55 and verse 6. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found, call ye upon him while he is near. Uh, and so, uh, listen, the lost are not afforded that opportunity. And I think the psalmist was thankful for that. He, he understood he was in a different situation. He could say, plead my cause, Lord. Lord, consider my affliction. Lord, deliver me. Because he understood the state of those in verse 155, salvation is far from the wicked. They don't have the ability to cry out to their God and, and to uh, bring reprieve in times of affliction. Now, we understand that God will uh, be there for those that seek Him. 
uh, the lost that, that seek him and, and would like to be saved. We understand that. That's not what I'm talking about. Uh, but the lost oftentimes have little regard for the word of God. Uh, no regard. And, and often show contempt toward it and toward those who embrace it. And, and we see that the psalmist's confidence really came from his embracing the word of God. And, and he had confidence because he knew he was living God's word. Uh, the lost cannot say the same. Uh, the psalmist had come to the Lord and experienced His goodness and tender mercies and was thankful for what the Lord had done for him. Look at verse 156. Great are thy tender mercies, O Lord. Quicken me according to thy judgments. So he's saying, God, I need deliverance. Lord, I need you to quicken me. I need you a reviving. I need your help. Uh, but he says, great are thy tender mercies. Uh, have you experienced God's tender mercies? Uh, I have. <clears throat> I failed this week. I don't know why I have to admit that all the time in front of you guys, but um, <clears throat> I failed blatantly to my son, Carter. And I was immediately convicted and had to apologize to him right then. Um, <clears throat> I'm thankful for God's mercies. Amen. You know, I, I hate looking stupid for my kid. Uh, but it happened. You know, um, I, I, as I mentioned, we leave in a few weeks, and I have a, a to-do list that's pretty large, uh, a few things to accomplish before I go, and I'm just, I'm in a hurry, I'm focused, and I was just short and frustrated, and, and I failed him. But uh, listen, I'm thankful that he forgave me, and I'm thankful that God forgave me. Amen. Have you experienced his tender mercies? When you just flat out fail, um, the psalmist, after experiencing, look what it says. It says, great are thy tender mercies. The idea of great there is abundant or exceeding. Uh, there's no small measure of mercies on God's behalf. Uh, it's a lot. It's great. It's significant. Uh, and listen, the reality is it's more than we deserve. Um, and, and God has more mercies than we need. Um, uh, the psalmist was confident coming before God for for help, uh, and he was coming before him for a help and a reviving and a strengthening. Uh, Hebrews 14, or 4.16, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I love that verse. But we always have to remember that we can that because of our high priest that is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. You know that double negative that they use in... In, or that God uses in the book of Hebrews there. But, but listen, we do have a high priest that understands and he feels those things. And he's ready when we come before him to show mercy and grace uh, to help us in our time of need. And, and uh, based on the promises of Scripture, we can come boldly before God and seek his mercy and grace. Uh, the psalmist was thankful, but he was also bold in his prayer. Uh, and listen, we can go bold because of what Christ has done for us. Amen. Uh, and, and what a blessed thought. And uh, Now, this doesn't mean that we can command God to act or comply with what we say uh, or what we pray and what we want or what we desire at that moment. That would be foolish. Uh, but we can come boldly before His throne uh, and seek Him and those promises that He's given us. Uh, and as I mentioned, I, I, I want to... 
make sure I keep reminding you of this. The psalmist had this confidence and this boldness because he knew he was walking with his God. He could be confident and bold in his prayer knowing that, one, he had an advocate. We have that advocate. But two, he was living how he was ought to live. Uh, listen, when you have sin in your life, are you confident when you go before the throne? I'm not. Uh, maybe some people would be arrogant and try to do such a thing. But the reality is, if we are uh, serious about uh, seeking God, we have to deal with those things that he's put on our life or those, uh, those things that he's convicted of, us of. Uh, the Holy Spirit has said, hey, that's not right. We have to deal with those oftentimes before we can be bold. Uh, and the psalmist, I believe, was there. And so he makes some declarations in this prayer. Look at verse 157 through 160. Many are my persecutors and mine enemies, yet do I not decline from thy testimonies. I beheld the transgressors and was grieved because they kept not thy word. Consider how I love thy precepts. Quicken me, O Lord, according to thy loving kindness. Thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. And so he declares here the distress over the neglect of God's word in verses 157 and 158. Those many, or many of the persecutors and, and, and his enemies, excuse me, and then it says, I beheld the transgressors and was grieved. Excuse me, he was grieved over the fact that others do not keep God's word. When you love something, and you're experiencing the excitement and the joy, such as living your life according to the word of God, when you see others not doing such a thing, it will grieve you. Uh, grieve, uh, the idea here, it's a, a very personal and really a strongly emotional word. Uh, we usually do not grieve over those that we do not love. Right? I, I've you know, seen news stories and heard of tragic things and really not grieved. Uh, sometimes that might be an indication that we don't have a concern for the loss. But, but what I'm getting at is oftentimes if it's not personal, it doesn't bother us. The psalmist was walking in accordance with God's word and he loved his God and he loved the word of God. And so when he saw people that were not doing that, uh, when he says the transgressors, those that were transgressing his God, the God that he loved, that grieved him. And perhaps it grieved him because he loved those people and they weren't living according to how they ought to, according to the word of God. Uh, but I believe uh, also it was because he loved his God and they were transgressing his God. Uh, I, I believe we can make application either way. And uh, we are grieved when someone we love turns against us, betrays us, or breaks our hearts. We're grieved. And so, listen, when you see transgressors and and those that aren't living, uh, it says the psalmist was grieved over their spiritual condition. Uh, uh, those that, that he loved, uh, perhaps because of, of the God that he loved, he was not just pointing his finger at others. He was genuine, genuinely, I believe, concerned for them. Uh, why is this? Look at the latter part of verse 158. Because they kept not thy word. So he had experienced all the blessings of keeping the word. In verse 1, it says, For I do not forget thy law. And we've went over that over and over as we go out through this psalm, but 
But listen, it grieved him to see them not keep the word of God, perhaps because they're missing out on what he has and he loves them, but also I believe because he's, they're violating his God, transgressing the law of his God, and he knows their condition in their state. Uh, he do, <clears throat> As opposition increased, right? And, and so many are my persecutors and mine enemies. Look what it says. Yet do I not decline from thy testimonies. As opposition increased, so do his devotion to the Word of God. Can you say that of yourself this morning? Uh, he invites the Lord to consider him. Uh, this time he asks the Lord to consider his love for God's Word. Listen, would we this morning be willing to invite the Lord to look at our lives and our devotion to his Word? Many are my persecutors and mine enemies, yet do I not decline from thy testimonies. Look at verse 159. Consider how I love thy precepts. Are you willing to ask God that this morning? Consider how you love his precepts. Listen, what if our prosperity, or excuse me, our prospering physically and monetarily was in reflection to our commitment to God's word? If you will, turn to 3 John. I'll turn there as well. I got it in my notes. But. So we'll kind of wrap up with this thought and a couple more things. But third John, let's read the first three verses. The elder unto the well-beloved well Gaius, whom I love in truth. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. For I rejoiced greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. So here the, the writer, John, to Gaius says, I rejoiced greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee. And it says this, even as thou walkest in the truth. So as he kept the word of God, look at verse 2. I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. As Gaius was committed to keeping the word of God and, 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 and walking spiritually, if you will, John could say, I wish you would prosper in every area just like that. This morning, if you were to prosper monetarily, physically, how you're spiritually prospering and how committed you are to the Word of God, would you be satisfied with that? Would it even pay your bills? Right? How, how committed are you to the things of God and to His Word? I think that's a very strong thing for John to say of a man or of Gaius that, boy, you would be doing really good if you were prospering physically materially, if you will, as you are spiritually. Because he had seen him walking in the truth. And he, he could look at this man and go, man, that's a spiritual person. God has, has blessed them, spiritually speaking, as he's kept the truth. I, I would like to see him physically be blessed like that. How committed are you to the Word of God this morning? 
Would you want God to bless you similarly to how much effort you give to your walk with him? Is that how you, would you like your paycheck to be reflective of that? Uh, that would be a challenge, at least at times for anyone, right? At least at times. Sometimes, man, things are great. We're, we're just loving God's word and, and, and prayer's good and, and the Bible time is great and, and, and everything's good. But sometimes, let's be honest, there's some dry spells. Maybe we get a little discouraged. Maybe we get to question in what God's trying to do in our lives because of the affliction he's brought in. Would we be willing to allow God to bless us according to how committed we are to his word and to honoring him with our lives? He says, consider, verse 159, how I love thy precepts. All of this is based on, God, I am doing everything I know how to do in the best ability that I have that you've given me to seek you and to honor you and to live according to your word. Lord, consider all of that and quicken me. Lord, show up on my behalf. Deliver me from this affliction. Lord, help me in this. He has confidence in God's word. I'm going to close with this last thought here. Uh, The statement made here is interesting. In verse 160, it says, Thy word is true from beginning, or from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. And so we know, we've talked about this, the word of God being settled forever, and we kind of looked at that over the last couple weeks, but uh, the psalmist here reaffirms those uh, things in the truth of God's word. And uh, not only does he declare that God's word is true, he states that it's always been true. Uh, from the beginning, he says, and, and that it will always be true. It endureth forever, the psalmist says. Uh, this is significant. Um, listen, if we truly believe that, we can have confidence in God's word. Um, it's, many accept the Bible as relevant uh, or that it's not relevant to our lives today. Maybe they think it was true and relevant at the time that it was written. Um, uh, there's a lot of folks out there that may say something like that today, uh, but today maybe they want to say it's outdated. It's not applicable. Uh, It's not relevant to our lives today, some may say. But I'm going to choose to believe as the psalmist did. That it was good from the beginning and it's going to endure forever. Uh, It's always been true and it will always remain so. Uh, Listen, instead of trying to change God's word, and make it more palatable to our taste, as oftentimes we attempt to do, and, and many today are, are trying to do such a thing, uh, we need to change our lives and bring them into conformance with the Bible, with God's Word. That's what the psalmist did here. For I do not forget thy law. Over and over again these last several weeks, we've talked about if it's in the Word of God, I'm doing it. Whether I fully understand it or not, we, we're going to do it because we believe God is true. And every man's a liar. Uh, we can have confidence in the Word of God. It was true before we understood it was true. We talked a little bit about some of the, the scientific things that we see in the Bible that all of a sudden a scientist says, hey, this principle here is how things work. And it's like, well, duh. Uh, the Bible told us that. The life of the flesh is in the blood and, and the circle of the earth and those types of things that we see in the Word of God. Uh, for a long time, a lot of people thought it was flat. Uh, listen, uh, God's word is true even if we don't understand it to be so. And and we need to uh, just believe it and put our faith in it. Affliction brought the psalmist to focus on his relationship with God. 
It drew him to his God and to his word. Rather than feeling sorry for himself, he realized how blessed he was to know God and to rest on his promises. The psalmist over and over throughout this chapter just runs to the Lord during affliction and during times of trouble and trial. What about us this morning? Where are we at in our relationship with our God? Do the trials and tribulations move us away from our faith? Or do they affirm where we stand? What are you facing today? What challenges do you have? Is that causing you to run to the Lord? To get into His Word? To seek Him? Listen, He's, he's there. He's, if you draw nigh to Him, He's, he's going to be there. He's promised us that. Listen this morning, I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what challenges. We all have them. We're about to go through a six-month challenge, the DeGarmo family. I'm not looking forward to it. But I do know, this is, this is number eight, my eighth deployment, I think, and uh, the Lord's brought us through seven. He can do it again. I don't know what your challenge is this morning. I don't know what trial you face, what difficulty, what persecutors and and those transgressors that may oppose you and, and, and what you're trying to accomplish for God. But listen, if you uh, just turn to God, He can deliver you. He might not make, take that trial away, but He'll get you through it every time. The Apostle Paul, the Lord delivered me out of them all. All that whole list of all those things. And listen, I think we mentioned this before when we talked about that. The Apostle Paul faced some afflictions, some trials i got to be away from my family for six months. Well, I've never been whipped, shipwrecked, stoned. Listen, God brought him through it all. And so this morning, I want you to just be confident that you can trust God and his word. But we have to do our part. Verse 153, consider mine affliction and deliver me. For I do not forget thy law. Are you truly seeking God in His Word. Father, we do thank You for this day. Lord, we thank You, Lord, for the Sunday school hour and Your Word. I pray for everyone here this morning. No doubt there's folks facing, facing affliction, challenges, Lord, even just decisions. And we just pray, Lord, that You'd be with them. I pray that each one would run to Your Word and, Lord, that they would find a quickening, a reviving, a strengthening, Lord, to face whatever challenges or persecutors or whatever the case may be, that you would just strengthen your people of God this morning. And Father, we do pray that you'd bless the service to follow. We ask that you would be with the preaching of the Word of God. We pray, Lord, that you'd fill with your spirit, Lord, to give free course to the Word of God, Lord, and that there would be liberty. And Lord, that you'd do work in each and every heart. Save the lost. Lord, we pray for the van kids this morning, that you would just protect them as they go home. Lord, help us to be a blessing to them. And we thank you, Lord, for this church and what you're doing. Be with our pastors away. In Jesus' name, amen.